0: Repeat after me today. today louder today. today the, Holy the Holy Spirit is going to speak to me, to speak to me about, my about my relationship with God. With God. After, today, after today, I will know, I will know and, fully and fully understand that God is broad, God is broad but, he is also but he is also narrow. And when it comes to his kingdom, to his kingdom I need to know the difference. Today, Today, I will understand understand my requirement requirement as a minister of tourism tourism, telling people people how to get in my country. country. All right, let's go. Matthew chapter number seven, verses 13 and 14, uh, these are two verses that have uh, historically struck fear. In the hearts of believers everywhere. OK, uh, uh, these two verses have caused panic, and trauma. And, and, and I want to give you uh, uh, what it reads and how some people have communicated. I don't think the words are the problem. I think the communication of these words. Have been the problem. Matthew, chapter number seven. Verses 13 and 14 two verses, these should be in red letters in your Bible. If you have a good digital Bible, it should be in red letters of well. This is Jesus talking, and he makes this statement. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, And the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. I'm going to read it again. You can only enter God's kingdom through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow. The road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. So who wants in? I I want you to imagine that that you are uh, the tour guide. And 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 if you were to take all of the teachings that we had this month and uh, week one, week two and week three, and then you bring it to a close and ask this question, who wants in? Uh, 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 And and then you get some people that say we want in. And then the next thing out of your mouth is, well, I'm so glad. But let me tell you, the road is narrow. The gate is narrow Uh, and um, the road is hard. There's only a few people that find it. The broad road that you're already on is super wide, but that leads to hell. This is going to be your sales pitch. This is going to be how you close the deal. This should be something that is put in like small font. At the bottom of the contract, we, like, we should be really, really uh, uh, magnifying how awesome the kingdom of heaven is and how amazing his healing power is. And, and Jesus, you should save that. Like You should have put that like at the end of Revelation because nobody's going to read Revelation anyway. Right. You should have put this like in the concordance in the back of the Bible, like past the maps. Maybe you should have had these two verses. But like, come on, man! Like, like you're seven chapters into Matthew's account, you don't really want to just say this right up front. Like, this this is not how you want to like really close the deal is by saying to everybody, "Hey, (laughs) haha! Just want you to know that that if you want to get into the kingdom of God, it's really, really narrow, right? And 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 the 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 road to hell is this wide. Literally, that that translation is the, the, the path. That leads to destruction. He says it's really, really wide, but 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 the narrow gate—you can only enter in the, through the narrow gate. The road is really, really hard, and and there's going to be only a few people that find it. Here's the thing: when Jesus said it, he said it just like that. It was matter of fact. He's giving you a, a statement of fact. There was no animosity in his voice. He wasn't mad about anything. He's just telling you, like, here's the the, the truth about how to get into the kingdom. I've told you some amazing things. The kingdom of God is like a pearl. The kingdom of God is like yeast. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like a treasure that a man found in a field. He, he ran away and he got all his money and bought the entire field. He, he tells you all this great stuff about the kingdom, but he, he's telling you right now, if, if you want to get into that kingdom, it's a narrow gate that you have to go through. And he's saying it again with no animosity, no venom, no bitterness. What's been shocking over uh, the last several decades of just my life it is how people preach those two verses. Th- the way people preach those two verses is completely different than the way Jesus made the statement about these two, ver- these two verses. Because when they preach it, it's like, you're going to hell! Better get through this narrow gate! Gonna bust hell wide open! So you either get that angry voice or, 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 or people do it in an eloquent way. You must come in <laughs> at the narrow gate. You know, the narrow gate is the only way you can get in. Broad is the way that leads to unrighteousness <clears throat> and Better style is still the wrong way to communicate it. Jesus is not mad when he makes this statement. It's a statement of fact. Here's the problem. Because it's a statement of fact and because it's so, it seems so blunt, it's been very difficult for believers to want to communicate that to people. But when it's time to tell them about the prerequisites to getting into the country. To the point now that, 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 that people are finding passages that they find hard to say and just not saying. them. Right. Right. We're now going through the Bible and instead of looking at the hard passages and, and grappling with them and coming to the conclusion that something in me has to change because the Bible is right. Yeah. We are now looking to the same passages and going, you know what, something's wrong with the Bible. Yeah. Right. That's too mean for today's culture. We can't say that, so so he didn't really mean it like that. Right. He he didn't mean narrow like that. He you know like 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 don't take the Bible literally, because I mean you get messed up by that. We, he, he's a nice God, he's so loving. <laughs> Died for you. So we start either amending scripture or completely ignoring it, and then discrediting the writers. Well, how do we know Matthew was right? He's just a guy. He's imperfect. Said the imperfect person making the statement? So so I want to help you with these two verses, because there's this there's this uh, uh, thought that, that because Jesus makes a statement like that, he must be mean and, and, and close-minded and, 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 and very narrow-minded. And, and, and that's just, how are you going to get people in? How, how, how can you get, there's 7 billion people in the world. How are you going to reach all the people if you're talking that narrowly? How are you going to reach everybody, God, if you're thinking that narrowly? Christians are too narrow-minded. Your parameters are too stringent. There's no way that this gospel's for everybody cuz you got too many things. Well, I just want to kind of simplify it for you so so that hopefully you become a little more emboldened to just say it like Jesus did. Jesus was not afraid to call a spade a spade. Bars. Anytime something rhymes, I'm going to say bars, okay? So I want to give you three points that are going to be ridiculously redundant, and you're going to deal with it, okay? Point number one, please write this down. God is broad. God is broad. Everybody do this, okay? Do it in a very safe way, okay? If you catch somebody in the upper lip or the nose... (laughs) You've done it wrong. Okay, everybody, do like this. Okay, God is broad, right? He's broad. If you want to know how broad God is, uh, then I refer you uh, later today, after you have your beautiful Sunday nap, uh, to go through and read Genesis chapter number one. I invite you to read Genesis chapter number one. I'm not going to read the whole thing, uh, but Genesis chapter one covers the first six days of creation. If you want to know how broad God as creator is, go read Genesis chapter number one. In the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form. Darkness covered the the, the waters and the spirit was brooding over the face of the deep. Then he began to speak. Let there be this. Let there be that. Let there be light. Let there be stars and constellations and moons and planets, galaxies. Uh, uh, Last week. Uh, 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 scientists said they just found 3,000 new galaxies. I don't know how they, how they named them. I don't know who counted them for accuracy. Who's counting galaxies? Have to go to work today. What's your job? I count galaxies. All right, bro. All of this stuff, God created. And, 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 and here's the thing about God's creation. If there was ever Someone that was showing off in the godliest way possible, it was God. Right. Be- because, it, it, like, if, it, if you're just going to create something, like, like, there's some people that have created some masterpieces, right? Like, 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 Mona Lisa is a masterpiece drawing, right? But there's not like 14 of them, right? It's not like Mona Lisa, <laughs> Tasha Renee, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Nicole, Rachel, right? Like, he didn't paint that many. Like the Mona Lisa was like, bam, that's all I got. <laughs> Everything else is just some apples and grapes. I'm good. <laughs> that Mona Lisa, that is my masterpiece. Here's God. I'ma make some fish. Okay, Lord. Yeah, I'm gonna fill the ocean with creatures. Oh, okay. Goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> Whale. Oh. Shark. Okay. Piranha, which is nothing but a midget shark. (laughs) That's not politically correct. Little shark. Okay? Urchin. It's just a a spiky ball. I don't even, why is that even there? (laughs) Crabs, lobsters, which are sea roaches, just so you know. Okay? (laughs) Go to red lobster now. Um, octopus squid defense mechanism ink why you're underwater what are you going to do with ink right this is ridiculous he just kept creating if it was just a matter of creating something he could have stopped at like two or three things do you know they're still finding fish That they did not know existed. They've gone down so deep. They found a fish that had an antenna with one eyeball and a fin. And they lit that thing up and that eyeball was looking back like, well, well. (laughs) They're still finding new creation. They're they're still trying to figure it out. God just up there like I did that, too. Why? I felt like it. He created all of the the, the 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 flying animals. He made he made eagles. Eagles are majestic. Oh, they're amazing. I love falcons. For them to be up so high and then and then hit a a, a downward uh a attack at two hundred miles an hour and catch a mouse in mid <laughs> in mid stride. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> huh. Right? It's amazing. Woodpeckers. Like, like, why, though? Like, he can't even go to counseling for it. I got to, man, I got to hit this wood. (laughs) Like, like, there's nothing he can do about it. God made him to peck wood. Like, what? That's your only function on earth? Little canaries. I saw a beautiful cardinal outside of my my window this morning when I was getting dressed. He he didn't, he just made all kinds of birds made birds that are that that can talk back to you he he just he just won't like there's just all types of beautiful birds then he made the, the then he made insects some of them are cute ladybug cute okay roach we all have questions i'm just why cuz roaches roaches don't just stay in the hood either roaches roaches are in five star restaurants roaches are in the palace roaches are resilient Roaches have survived nuclear wars. If if, if this whole planet goes under a nuclear winter, you know who's going to be here? Roaches. They are going to scurry to the top while all the ash is melting. glowing in the dark talking about, we got it back, y'all. We got it back. Love it. Love it up here. Why? Why would you make all that? And then you made the land animals. Horses are beautiful. Got a great stride. You got, you got beautiful kittens and dogs and lions. Yeah, I, I, want, I want something with a long neck, giraffe. I want something with no neck, hippo. Like you're just making stuff. Like It don't even match. It's like that ain't even close to that. You're just making stuff. So, so he's really, really broad. But here's point 1A. He's narrow. As broad as he is to create all of this, all of these living creatures. He's also narrow. And we find that out in Genesis chapter number two, verse number seven. It says this, then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person of all of God's creations that he decided to speak into existence, he was so narrow he only wanted relationship with one of them. He's broad, but everybody do this. He's narrow. He only blew his spirit into one of his created beings. And it was man. As broad as God is, As open as he is, as expansive as he is, dude is pretty narrow. I will only breathe life and have relationship and give dominion to man. Point number two, please write this down. Jesus is broad. Everybody do like this? Do it again. Now no now. I want you to think about this as it relates to Jesus. This is how broad Jesus is. Come on, do it. This is how broad Jesus is. That 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 he that he would he would be extended upon a cross. Hung up high, stretched wide to bleed out for the sins of the world. He's broad. Here's what John chapter number three, verse number 16 and 17 tells us. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus came to fulfill an assignment, that assignment was to get on the cross to die for the sins of the world. Not for the sins of the lost sheep of Israel. No, 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 but for everybody, Jews and Gentiles, bond and free. He died for everybody. Every nationality, every ethnicity, every tribe, every tongue got on the cross and broad enough for that blood to be efficacious enough to die for everybody's sins. Can we just take a moment Amen. and celebrate the fact you, that no matter what you've done or what you're doing, God's blood through his son can cover it. That's broad because I want you to think about all the stuff you've ever done. I share my blood for that. But what about this? Share my blood for that. But what about what I'm going to do next month that I don't even know I'm going to do? Share my blood for that. It's broad. I can cover it all, one time. That's incredibly broad. But here's point two A. Anybody want to take a guess? But he's narrow. Everybody do like this again? He's narrow. Y'all thought Matthew 7 verses 13 and 14 was pretty myopic. It seemingly gets worse. Because here's what he says in John 14 verse number 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one can come to the Father except through me. Dang, Jesus. That sounds, you're a little arrogant, pal. That's a little rude, sir. There's 7 billion people on the planet. What about people that are born on the other side of the world that have no context to who you are? What about people that are, that are that are being born and raised generations in indigenous tribes that haven't heard the gospel yet? Something's got to be wrong with that statement. You can't be that, that can't be true because there's people that have been born and raised Muslims. You can't possibly mean they got to come through you. There's people that are born and raised Hindu. You can't possibly mean they got to come through you. There's people that are born and raised agnostic Atheists, they have a different uh, paradigm of thought. You can't possibly mean everybody has to come through you. Yeah, he's narrow. And like he decided to cover it all. Uh, Just so you won't think it's like one or the other. Let me just give you the combo meal. I'm the way. The truth, not a truth. I am the truth and I am the life and no man can come to the father except through me. Oh, you want to know what the narrow gate is? It's Jesus. Maybe that's why it's narrow. It's only the width of a man. Oh, you! I gotta come through you. You gotta come right through me. Well, that's not fair. I didn't grow up learning about you. Or, or I did grow up in church, but but it was so polluted by religion that I don't even like you. No, no, no. You don't have a problem with me. You have a problem with the way they talked about me. Come on, Tim. You ever you ever had somebody tell you something about a person? And then, so you prejudge that person? Then you meet that person? Then you realize, there's something wrong with the person that told you about the person, not with the person? You ever met somebody and then turn around and say, "Mm mm-mm, you the liar. Ain't nothing wrong with them. It's you. Well, that's what religion does to Jesus. It talks about Jesus in a way that is absolutely unfair and uncharacteristic of who he is. He meant everything he said. He just didn't say it the way most people talk about it. Again, No venom, no animosity. Simple, clear thought. I just want you to know um, that that if you're ever going to come to God, the father, there's no other way to get to him except coming through me. We good? Let's go eat fish. We good? Let's go to a wedding. We good? Let's go hang out. He's not he's not mad about anything. He's just telling you what the facts are about so, so Jesus is broad. He's broad enough to die for all of our sins. But, but he's narrow. You've got to come through him. And he said so. Point number three, please write this down. The Holy Spirit is broad. I told y'all this was redundant. Everybody do it like this. I know you're tired of it. I am too. Do it. I got to do this three times. The Holy Spirit is broad. He's, he's really broad. That, 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 was his, that was his function. That's his assignment, his assignment, to be broad. Here's what it says in Acts chapter number 2, verse 16. This is, this is after uh, uh, they all get filled with the Holy Spirit. The, the, the Jews get filled with the Holy Spirit because it was only Jews that got filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter number 2. Gentiles did not get filled with the Holy Spirit until Acts chapter number 10. Okay, Just in case you didn't know that. All Jewish people in Acts 2. Acts 10 is when all the Gentiles Um, got filled with the Holy Spirit. So in Acts 2, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. They come running downstairs. Everybody hears them uh, uh, speaking in all of these different languages, known languages. It wasn't uh, um, uh, speaking in tongues. It was was a known language. I believe in speaking in tongues, but I also believe that God can give you a gift of a different known language uh, to uh, witness uh, about Jesus. So uh, they thought they were all drunk. But now, I don't know who thinks drunk people can just start speaking another language with perfect diction. I haven't had that alcohol yet. <laughs> right. And Peter's like, none of us have had that. And it's nine o'clock in the morning. So if we were going to turn up, we wouldn't be doing it at 9 a.m. OK, uh, uh, but this is what he says. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. Uh, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon what? All people, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Uh, In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. The Holy Spirit is broad. I'll pour out my spirit on everybody who wants it. You get the spirit and you get the spirit and you get the spirit. and you. (laughs) Oprah did not make that up. I'm telling you. The Holy Spirit's the first word. Like, I will show up and pour out on all flesh, men and women alike. I will give you a prophetic unction. I will give you the ability to prophesy. That's all Emily was doing during her oversight. Is giving a prophetic word. Prophecy, according to 1 Corinthians 14, means that we should edify, yeah. we should exhort, and bring comfort to people. Yeah. That's the true prophetic. If someone ever flows in the prophetic and you're scared, that's not the prophetic. I'm going to help somebody right here. A true prophetic word will encourage you. It will edify you and it will bring comfort to you. It's not to scare you. It's not to put you on blast. It's not to tell everybody what you did last summer. God's grace is kind enough. To come with you to a, with a prophetic word, and even if it's a word of correction, it comes through encouragement and exhortation so you can get back on the right track, not to embarrass you and make you run away and never want to come back to community again. That's not a prophetic word. That is a pathetic word. And pathetic words are in the mouths of pathetic people. Prophetic words are in the mouths of prophetic people. You should be prophesying. You should be encouraging yourself. That's what it means to encourage, to put courage into. Scripture says uh, in the Old Testament that David at one point had to encourage himself in the Lord. If you are always uh, 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 dependent on somebody else for encouragement, you need to grow up a little bit. Yeah. That you gotta, there's going to be some times in your life where you have to get up. And I'm not talking about quoting a Tony Robbins quote. I'm talking about standing on the word of God. I am God's masterpiece, Ephesians 2:10. I was created to do great things through Christ Jesus, great things that He's planned for me long ago. Yes, you've got to be able to encourage yourself. The Holy Spirit said, I'll, I will feel anybody. I don't care what you've been through, I feel you. I don't care what you're into, I feel you. I don't care what you're struggling with, I'll feel you. I will literally move into the epicenter of your heart and I will start to rearrange all the things in your heart. And the stuff that you thought you were going to be struggling with for years uh, comes down to uh, weeks and months because I'm now in here rearranging the order of your heart. Bringing Jesus into the number one spot and pushing all of these other things down that you thought you couldn't live without. Starts rearranging your heart because he's brought. Point three A. Anybody want to take a crack at what they think? Point three? Pro- somebody's flowing in the prophetic. Over here. Somebody, oh, what, what, what do we think point three is? You think? Oh, see, wow, that's That's either a word of knowledge or a word of obvious. It's one of the two. That's what 3A is. Write it down. But he's narrow. Your boy is so narrow. Here's what it says. Uh, John chapter number 14, verse 26. But when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything, will remind you of everything I have told you. It's pretty narrow. The only person he's reminding you of is Jesus. The only person's words he's going to remind you of is Jesus. He's broad enough to to, to fill anybody, but he's only going to bring you back to what Jesus said. (laughs) I'm, I'm trying to show you that the whole Trinity is broad, but they narrow. Okay? Narrow is the new normal. Okay? In the kingdom. Here's what it says in John chapter number 15, verse number 26. But I will send you the advocate. The spirit of truth. He will come to you from the father and will testify all about me. This one excites me. Let me tell you why. Uh, b- because uh, uh, I-, I just told you earlier that 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 uh, there was about 15 to 20 people that gave their life to Jesus Christ at Sydney's uh, funeral, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, and according to Romans uh, chapter number 10, verse number nine, Uh, uh, If you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. That's the confession of our faith, that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead. How many believe in that confession of faith that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead? Now, let me tell you something. There's no way you can come to that conclusion because you've been in church all your life. You do not come to the conclusion that Jesus Christ is Lord. And God raised them from the dead uh, uh, because you were born and raised in church or you had a great Sunday school teacher. It's not because you went to Israel and and, and got to spend six or seven months there on an archaeological dig. And you found some evidence that gave credence to the fact that you should repent. No, 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 no. The only people that can say Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead, according to uh, 1 Corinthians, chapter number 12, are, 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 are people that, that have the Holy Spirit. Because it says that no man can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Remember what it says. He will testify about me. Here's the only reason why you can say Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. The Holy Spirit had to tell you. Now, let me tell you the reason why I know he had to tell you, because he's the one that got him up. According to Romans chapter number eight, verse number 11, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. And the only person that can testify is the person that did the the situation. You, You ever seen somebody confess to a crime? Right. I testify. I did it. Right. So I'm telling you, I did it. So you start telling people he did it. Why are you telling people that he did it? Because he said he did it. And he knew where the body was and he knew where the gun was and he knew where, where the act was. Well, Let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is geo- geolocating the whole situation. Yeah, I did it. He was dead. Three days. I went in there, got him up. Rolled away the stone, put the guards to sleep, and we dipped. Let me tell you something. You're not repeating that statement because a good preacher sounded good to you. You're repeating that statement because somebody got down into you and made that confession of faith so potent that you won't take it back at gunpoint. You won't take it back under persecution. You won't take it back with a bullet with your name on it. Coptic Christians in Egypt have had their heads severed over that name, and they can't take it back because once you know, you can't unknow. Trying to help somebody today. He testified. all about Jesus. You're only talking about Jesus. There's been many of the great people that have walked this earth. He ain't testifying about them. He's like, let me remind you some of Jesus. and some really great quotes from Nietzsche. Let me give you some of Jesus and some of Gandhi. Let me give you some of Jesus and some of Mother Teresa, wasn't she witty? Really? He only is going to testify about who he got up. Which brings me to the last one, John chapter number 16. I'm so excited. Verse number 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He's not just speaking to the past or the present. He is speaking to the future, which is why when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, your life can't ever be the same. I don't care how long you've been in a habit. I don't care how long you've been under a generational curse. Once the Holy Spirit gets in there, he starts telling you stuff about yourself that don't even line up with your present reality. He starts saying who you're going to be. He's not speaking about who you are right now. He starts pointing to your future. He's not even dealing with your past. Saying I'm here now. We're going forward from this. But what about when I did, I don't care, let's go. <laughs> right. But I still got some, I don't care, let's go. It, but what about, I don't care, let's go. He's, he's wrong. Yeah. God is wrong. Made everybody. Made all kinds. Of, he's still showing off. They're still finding insects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still finding some ugly stuff right now. I don't know why you made that stuff. Mm. hell oh, they want to breathe breath <laughs> into one mm. jesus died for everybody gotta come through him mm. holy spirit proud on everybody but i'm gonna bring you back to him come on let, me, let me tell you something this is not a bad thing this is a good thing yeah. Yeah. how many people have kids how many people love your kids let me, let me know how I know you love your kids. When you had your kids, you did something to your house that you didn't even know what you was doing to your house. You safe-proofed the whole house. If you, if you had uh, uh, glass tables, you put foam on the edges. You went and bought these crazy little hooks for underneath your seat so, so they wouldn't find the draino and all that kind of stuff. You, you, you safety-proofed your house. If you have stairs, you put a little wooden gate there or some plastic gate there. Why? Because you're trying to keep that new baby safe. Yeah. You, you know, you're just trying to act like God, right? All you're trying to do is recreate Eden, Eden. That's all you're doing with a newborn baby. If you love that child, all you're trying to do is recreate a space of innocence and safety for this child to grow in. And, and, and if you're a loving parent, then, then, then you have parameters that you've set. You can play here, but you can't go there. You can go outside, but you can't go on the street. Your friends can come over, but you can't go over there. They're having a cookout, I'm packing your lunch. I haven't seen their fingernails, right? We start putting all these boundaries in place. Why? Because we know we are safer with boundaries than we are without them. Let me tell you something about broad. Broad seems sexy. I can do whatever I want. Anybody beside me hurt yourself with that broad walk? Narrow is not for your inconvenience. It's for your protection. He's not being mean to you. Well, I think it's unfair that there's 7 billion people now that have to try to come through Jesus. If God was trying to get his kids back home, why would he give you many ways? That's confusing. If I was trying to get my kid back home, I would give them the quickest route. Go straight through there. (laughs) And you'll be home. Well, if you're on, you know, if you're on the U.K. side, then maybe go this way. And then if you're on the Middle Eastern side, then maybe go this way. And if you're in Asia, maybe go this way. And if you're in America, maybe go this way. No, he said, "I I got straight directions to me, no matter where you're born, straight through my son. Well, I don't even know if I like him. Fine. Rose rough. Rose pretty rough. It's not, it's not, it's not rough in, in, in the sense that it's burdensome because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But, but it's rough if it's going to be your will against his. It's rough if it's going to be your pride against his request for your humility. It's going to be rough If it's going to be your will versus his way, that's why it's rough. He's not being mean to you. I just love the fact that he's refreshingly honest about what you're going to expect. No bait and switch here. So, everybody do this. I'm so grateful that I can go wherever I want, when I want. I'm glad to live in a country like this. I don't care what you say about this country. I'm glad I'm in it has its good and its bad, but I'm, it's, I, I can go wherever I want to. That blue, that blue passport has benefits. <laughs> I'm grateful for, for, for the broadness uh, of, of the things I get to explore. And I do like this. But I'm so grateful for how narrow God has made it to get to him. Because I don't need that much space. I I need to be reminded when I'm getting off course. And when things are too broad, I can't feel it. But when they're narrow, oh, I'm off. Oh, I'm getting off. Who wants in? whoever you are. This is what it takes. It's not to be mean. It's to protect. So ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your four-week series on Ministers of Tourism. (laughs) I hope you've been blessed. God bless you.